LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Tana Atkins. Today, I'm here with Dan Eiton. Hey. And um, we are going to tackle very juicy subject today. <laughs> I mean, one that uh, I'm sure uh, people love to talk about. Yeah, we're going to we're going to ask the question, should I be surveying my congregation? Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about first the reasons why do people not like surveys? Pastors that you know or have known um, Dan and I have served at the same church where we did surveys. Uh, why didn't some people like doing surveys, Dan? Uh, well, I, I think one big reason is it kind of opens the door for criticism. Yes. It's easier to dismiss things when you don't actually have data. Uh, to prove it. Now, the other thing that I love about surveys is there are always um, people among your lay leadership or staff that will say everyone is saying X or Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting all kinds of emails about Y. And hey, I understand that that can be uh, at least it. People make way too many decisions on uh, quote unquote information like that. So I would always say, Hey, and God, we trust everyone else must bring data. So if you're saying parents are saying X, then let's survey our parents. Or if our congregation is saying this or that, then let's do that. Or, our small groups are effective. Well, okay. Are they? Well, we can point to anecdotal evidence and we can point to individual situations of people. And those are compelling stories. However, it's, it's no matter how compelling the story or beautiful, the strategy and the story that goes with it, eventually you have to measure some results. And even if you don't measure results, you can at least measure sentiment um, and other things. So let's, let's talk about surveys. Yeah. I, I think even, you know, you were saying that you may hear from some of your staff or, or key leaders, their thoughts on things. I think even we, um, sometimes as an executive pastor or a lead pastor, you may have your own sense of how things are going that may or may not be fully accurate. Um, and so yeah, getting the, getting a survey, um, from the congregation could be a really helpful tool for you as you try and figure out what's really happening in the life of your church. Um, and I think this goes beyond, I I've also had people that say, Hey, don't survey your whole church congregation. Just do your, the leaders, um, like just do your small group leaders, just do your kids leaders. And, and you know, my thoughts on that is that may be helpful you know, to survey them on something specific to them, but they're also going to have a different take than just the attendee of a small group or the attendee of your church. So I would make it a wide range of people that you're reaching out to. So, um, you know, we had the luxury, uh, at McLean of having a fortune 500, uh, person that was, 
um, a key leader in our church that, that owned a company that did this for a living. So, you know, and, and he did this for a living. So, um, of course he was all in and he helped us develop our own custom thing. And there were four different versions and they all hit on, you know, different elements that there was a portion of the survey that, um, was the same for everybody. Um, and then it cut into these different facets so that we had enough, a big enough sample so that we knew we were getting good information. But um, the only way we did that was because we actually took time out of a Sunday morning service in order to make that happen. Um, and we, man, it, it was brutal. Um, it, it took, you know, five to eight minutes, depending on how fast you were to do. And man, people, staff people especially, did not like it. Uh, they couldn't believe we were doing it. But we only did that once every two years. And so I think we did it three different times. Hmm. Um, but the interesting thing about that was it gave you a benchmark and a way to um, look at how different areas of your church were growing. And it, was, it became really important to us because it told us things like, oh, people that are in a small group um, are more spiritually mature they uh, give more, they serve more, and, you know, they're, they're going to their group more often than they are our service, at least at that time. So there were great, it was great information that came out of that. Yeah, I, I am. I am such a fan of data and being able to track some of these things. Um, and the only way that you're able to is if you have a baseline. And then if you do it again, like you said, two years from now, you can see whether there's growth or not growth and adjust um you know, your strategies as needed. Um, so Todd, in, in today's world, you know, back when we did that at McLean, um, it was in the service on a piece of paper. Um, in today's world, you know, I think since then there's been a lot of growth for having online surveys. Would you recommend, um, still doing it on paper in a service or do you think like, Hey, this, this could be a great way to do it via, you know, some sort of assessment tool online. So the problem with an online assessment is you only get, uh, people on opposite of the spectrum to take it. Um, mm -hmm especially if it's an opinion piece, it's only people that, um, love you or have an ax to grind that are going to fill that out. Yep. So it is difficult, um, to do a online survey, online survey and, you know, get the most accurate results. However, I would say that's the easiest, most approachable way to do it. It doesn't take time out of a service. Um, perhaps you can shift that into groups or Sunday school or a, a different time or um, really uh, just continue to emphasize and announce it for uh, a, a week or two, the importance of it. Um, the only way that you can really um, force that is if you do it in the service. Um, then you can get, you know, a 90% completion rate. Uh, some people still aren't going to do it, but you can at least get that. I would say that there's some really good um, surveys out of the box. Lifeway Research has had one for years now that is like the best in class. It's a validated assessment, um, which means that 
they went through the trouble of paying lots and lots and lots and lots of money to make sure it was a valid result versus a just a simple survey that you might be able to Google and find. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called the transformation uh, transformational discipleship assessment, and there's eight different categories um, that you know it shows spiritual maturity, spiritual growth. The problem with that is a lot of churches only take it once because they don't like the results that they get. Yeah. Um, Cause it's baby. It's basically telling you that your baby is ugly. Right. And yep. so you don't want to hear that your baby's ugly. Um, and the person over groups or the person over children's or the person over wherever uh, that gets dinged really doesn't like it. The way that you combat that is, and they'll give you all kinds of caveats and all kinds of stories. And, you know, as I said before, those things are great. It's great that you have a, a great story that is the opposite of whatever, you know, thing is that you don't like. However, you could say, um, we do that in our own lives. And the difference between people that experience growth spiritually and maturity spiritually and don't are the ones that like face up to the their sin and their weaknesses and do something about it. And so that's where... Um, Building that, you know, over the course of time is a beautiful thing where we're going to take it this year and maybe it's part of your annual thing. And, yep. hey, we're all going to do this again this year. You remember this time of year, you know, hey, we're coming up on January and I know everybody likes to start fresh and new. So one of the things that we do here at um, Grace Bible Church is we, you know, we do the survey every year to see where we personally are. But it also gives us a great idea of where we are as a congregation. And because of that, we can look at the congregation and say, oh, well, we're, you know, we're all kind of weak in evangelism. So what are we going to do about that? Yep. Um, or we're weak in using our gifts and service to Christ or stewardship or whatever it is and really begin to shore that up collectively, you know, individually and collectively um, because your church is only as healthy as its average attendee. And that's a great yep. way to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important for us not to bury our heads in the sand because we don't want the pain of potentially hearing what an average attendee is, is experiencing in our church. Um, but I I think there should be taken some level of comfort in doing this will help you weed out those loud voices that are really critical in certain areas, um, to give you a better accurate picture of what's going on in your church. Um, because, you know, I, I know that you hear from those same people over and over again about what they want to have happen or what they are hearing. You know, as Todd, as you said earlier, we we have a sense of what we think is happening. Um, but doing this survey is actually going to show you what actually is happening. Um, I, I felt like I was exhausted all the time of the anecdotal things people told me. And I was like, is that everyone's experience or is that those two people's experience? Um, so this will help you with that. But Todd, how, you know, you get the surveys back. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on next steps with that? Like, do you share that information publicly? I know there's going to be people in the church that are going to want to say, I want to see this. Um, and what should a staff team or what should a leadership team of lay leaders do with that information coming out of it? So, I mean, you don't want to share anything that you're not taking action on. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, 
you're going to want to use this strategically. So whether it is a, you know, a, a parent survey in the children's ministry, or it is something that's for the congregation at large, um, be sure to pull out of it, extrapolate from it what is important, because there'll be a lot of unimportant information. Uh, and let's be honest, we all know that statistics are uh, often weaponized. And so you'll, you know, try not to cherry pick things that define the reality the way that you want and leave, you know, leave something else out. Do try to, to pull it up. Um, but tie that back into your vision, your values and use it accordingly. So in a, um, in a overall congregational setting that could be done in, uh, in the worship time itself where you're doing a new series or you're taking a few moments to share about that and then talk about what our church is going to do with that. Are we now having an emphasis on, you know, marriage ministry or um, there's this new evangelism strategy that we're rolling out because of this, you know, you don't have to address everything that it says. You just want to pick the two or three things that seem most important and most in alignment with your church's vision and values and focus there. Don't try to attack everything because you won't be able to do it. Pick the couple that seem like, you know, they, they would have, they're the easiest to get clarity on and create momentum behind. Uh, and then you can shore up the other stuff, you know, next year. Um, the other thing that you have that is potentially a beautiful thing is you have the, that um, information, you respond to it, and then you measure it again. And now you can see the growth that's happened there. And yep. you can celebrate that growth. Um, I think that's important. You know, it's important for people to do personally, individually. Um, but it's also important for people to be able to do that as a congregation. That's great. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining the One Ministry Question podcast today. We hope that you will join us again on a future episode. 